This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Monday, it's the 30th of October 2023. And as we get ready for the Big Apple event today, we're delving into the inbox. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you today? Nervous, Stephen Scott. Very, very nervous. How are you? Why? Why are you nervous? Because, dear listeners, just before we hit record, Stephen let me know that he had a fantastic idea. Thank you. And that always, I don't know what it is yet, but... <laughs> That makes me very, very nervous. Well, I say great idea. It's not a great idea. Well, it is a great idea, but it's also, it's just a thought that came to mind before we started. I think I I may, I think my brain may have been going slightly faster than my mouth was allowing. Uh, Let's just go there. I can only take Um, your first answer that it's not a great idea. Please never take my first answer. It's it's a bad idea. Uh, Well, it's kind of a great idea. I think we should stay up tonight. And uh, watch the event, watch the Apple event together. Oh, I was right to be nervous. Absolutely not. <laughs> what, 1am? Well, that's <gasps> what I thought. It's not 1am. It's not 1am. Because no. there's been the time change in the UK, and that's brought the clocks back, meaning it's now midnight. Well, Tim Cook had it all planned all I mean, along. Midnight. So I mean, that's absolutely fine. No, yeah, it's only an hour, obviously. And it's still very late in the evening for us, but... I think that's less of an excuse. You know, eleven. You know, if you said, you know, yeah. one a.m., you think oh, yeah. that's quite late, and you yeah. think midnight. Yeah, yeah. You know, I could, I could do midnight. You know, I go to bed at eight p.m. Don't you? Yeah, you, you know, wake up at midnight, don't you? I, I usually wake up <laughs> about two a.m. But that's not the point. I can't. It's about Max Stephen Scott. I've got to say, as <sighs> as much as I get excited about Apple events, this one, meh. Well. Uh, after the show today, I am taking all my Apple toys to the Apple store to exchange them for Apple money so that on t- or tonight, once the event has happened, uh, I can uh, then go back to the store and give them back their Apple money. And of course, I also have given them and, lots and of lots, decent computers as well. Um, and lots of your own money on top of that. And my own money on top of that to yes. get something else. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm in, actually quite intrigued by this. I'm so intrigued I can barely see the word. I am intrigued by this because the rumours are abound. The bingo card is out and the bingo card says uh, we're going to see lots of interesting drone footage. Uh, so you have to take off that one. You, I think it was like a drinking game. You know, you, you can... Uh, you, well, you know, you know, you never had, you never played the bingo game when you or the drinking yes. game with Apple events. Of course, you know. Good morning. That's yes. although that will not be good evening. It's all in the ning. Remember, it's all in the ning. All Tim in the Cook. ning. Uh, There's so, the episode title. <laughs> it's all in the ning. Um, but yeah, he's going to be saying good evening, so we can take that off. That is the absolute. You know, we can have a drink at that one. Uh, then we could have a drink at the drone shots over Apple Park, uh, probably at night. Because obviously oh, it's yeah. a nighttime thing. All the lights and oh, that'll be beautiful. Yeah. Um, pro- yeah. At some point, we'll be told that these computers that are coming out will be the best computers ever made, the best notebooks in the industry. <laughs> you can tick that one off. Um, 
fastest okay. computers ever. No, uh, yes, okay. <laughs> you get the idea. Oh, honestly, you're so cynical, Stephen Scott. No, no, but this is all going to happen. But he, okay, so what? What are we likely to get? We're likely to get M3, M3s. apparently. M3 iMac, that's for one. There's talk of perhaps an, I, an iMac Pro coming out. Okay. Um, there's also Don't play talk it down of... now. I, we all know no, you I... love the iMac. Don't try and backpedal. I'm not, I'm not oh, backpedal. Well. I'm just... No, I'm not. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'll tell you what intrigues me even more, though, is the prospect of a matte... But I don't know why this excites me. But a matte black MacBook Pro. Which actually, they haven't released one of those for a long time. And it is October, Halloween, scary and all that. You know, maybe Matt Black is Oh, I back. see. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, you know, what else, you know what else they're talking about? Uh-huh. <sighs> uh, please tell me this isn't true. I hope this doesn't happen. There's talk of the touch bar making a return. No way. Um. But it's just a, a minute silence. Here. I know, a minute silence for the re, reminding the ourselves keys. how. Yeah, goodbye function keys. That can't I, happen. There was they even there was even happen. this was not a rumor. This was just a, a suggestion I saw online of um, a separate touch bar. Now that I could get down with. That I could actually get oh, down could with. You? Oh yeah. Sorry, Snoop Dogg. Oh, you could dig <laughs> a separate <laughs> touch hey, bar. Hey, listen. Last last night, my wife and I were listening to some uh, modern music, and uh, I feel I'm down with the the beats <laughs> with the of. Today, new kids on the block, and uh, that's et right. Yeah, that's right. I think there's a man called Ed Sheeran. He seems to be rather popular. Oh, he does. Um, also, third, the Beatles are quite popular these days as well. So, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Actually, a separate touch bar. Okay, mm-hmm. I can do it. But don't make it uh, like a. Uh, don't replace any essential keys. Which, no. let's be fair, the function keys are essential. Um, a separate touch bar. How do I feel about it? I'm just not sure the the added value of the touch bar. It never proved itself. And let's be clear, it was accessible. Mm. Oh, it just totally. wasn't that usable. was one thing about it. Yeah, right? it was so, a great tool. If they, I think the mistake they made was replacing the function row with it. I think if they had put the touch bar above the keyboard, above the the function row keys, I think that would have made a heck of a lot more sense. Yeah. And I think more people would have got value out of it. Well, I'm thinking. A stream deck almost, right? Mm, I mean, I've got yeah. my stream deck here because I missed the time to send it back, um, but totally inaccessible to me. Yeah. Uh, if you could, I mean, I'm assuming you could customize that touch bar to anything oh, completely. at all. Well, any app you go into, the touch bar would change to accommodate that yeah, it's app. Yes, context uh, sensitive or whatever you yeah. want to call it. Yeah, aware. And you could customize within that, uh, to some degree, what you wanted on that bar. So, and, and in terms of accessibility... You, I, I don't think it had haptic feedback. I don't think from memory. I think it was just, you, you certainly from a voiceover perspective, you would just touch and you would feel the button, which actually was great because, to be fair, I don't think any low vision person, never mind blind person, could use it without some kind of voiceover on there because you would always be hitting something by accident. Oh, yeah, it'd be impossible, yeah. The only change they made to it, because they had the original one with the touch bar, and that kind of took up the entire row. That's the one I had, the MacBook, which was the last Intel one, or second to last Intel one. Um, And that one, that was a 15-inch MacBook, and that had the touch bar right across the top. They then brought out the 16-inch MacBook Pro, which had, and I think they did this with the 13-inch as well, where they actually shrunk it. So you still had the escape key and the touch ID was a physical button on the Uh, other side. Yes, power button So they did change it it a little bit. Touch ID power. That's right. And the rumour is, and again, it's all rumour, but the rumour is that if they bring it back, they may sort of amalgamate it into the function row key. So you'll still have a couple of function row 
buttons. Terrible. Physical buttons, but Terrible. also this touch bar. Yeah, Why? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, look, this is rumour, so who knows? And it may be nonsense. But I, I kind of would like to see... I, I'm not against it. I think people think when I talked about the touch bar, I was against... I'm not against the touch bar. I just I was against the placement of it and re- against replacement of keys. That I'm not for. Because the functional key, although it's arguably slightly less needed on a Mac compared to a Windows computer, <gasps> I mean, if you lose it really? on a... Windows computer, that's, to me, dreadful, terrible. How would I live? But when it comes thank to a, a Mac, thank you. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Great song by Leon Rimes. <laughs> Do you remember I ever told you I had a crush on her? Um, but uh, a long time ago, I should just be very clear on that. Sorry, Leon, okay. if you're listening, it's, it was a long time ago and you're I was fine. a silly teenager. Um, but no, I, I think on a Mac, you could maybe get away with it a little bit more. I, I, although in saying that, I had that experience and didn't love it. So, and, and to be clear again, you know, with the touch bar, you could make it a function row key, right? You could yes, make it Yes, but it's it terrible to use. It's just not practical it to wasn't use pra- it, like it wasn't easy to use, no. It slows you down. The whole point of keyboard shortcuts is, you know what? I am faster than you, mouse user or touchpad user. I am faster than you. Uh, sorry, I got a little bit defensive there. You did a bit, yeah. But it's, it's a little true. Bit a little it's bit true. defensive and offensive, but there you go. Yeah. Um, so... I don't know. We'll see what comes. Uh, but I'll be intrigued to to watch the event. So I'm going to stay up for it. I don't know if you're going to stay up for it. Uh, I am. No. Well, do Sorry. you know what? My friends, Michael and Damasi, will come along. They'll come along and spend time with oh, me. Oh, I see. You I'm might being not. replaced. Yeah. Uh, yes, you are. Uh, yeah. that, that's, that's absolutely fine, actually. Good. <laughs> I'm very glad. I will wake up in the morning and I will catch up and see what's been revealed. I, I don't want to be dismissive of it, but I am not in the market for a Mac computer. No, so I am yeah. not as excited by it as i usually am and, and look you're not a mac guy right i am I mean, not you're, you're, you're a pc no. guy yeah yeah so you can go to the big beige convention when microsoft hold their events <sighs> it's not the 80s anymore it's not beige all right mm. it's all funky and sexy now microsoft running windows running did sexy you, windows did you see 11 the, did you see in satin adela's comments about windows phone apparently uh, yes, he's not it was a mistake you're not keen on the idea of getting rid of it no, well, I don't, I don't, was he there when they ditched it? Would have, I don't he have think been he in, was. In charge? Was he? No, I don't think so. So yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I thought the one device I thought was a shame that it went away was the Amazon Fire Phone. Oh, I think shush. that. No, seriously, I, I never got my hands on one. No, kind of wish I did, but I I kind of feel that would have been talk about low cost. I mean, they'd probably just give that away with a packet of. Pullments or something. I don't know. You know, that's be- Amazon's thing. I don't know. I think I actually think the Windows Phone could have been something uh, very, very popular. I mean, just the integration into the Windows ecosystem. It could have been yeah. great, but it was it was mishandled at the time. Accessibility was eh, not at all great. Um, yeah, I think they did. I think they pulled out of that way too soon. I think they should have stuck that out. But then again, you know, Apple and the iPhone was just taking over everything so it's really hard to compete i mean could it survive could any new platform survive i know there's talk of this is it xiaomi i kind of know the way to pronounce that xiaomi xiaomi um the ios the ios equivalent essentially because basically it looks exactly the same they've, really? they've just okay. basically skinned ios completely uh into this uh, in china and you know again this is obviously in china it's a different ball game and there's different things going on over there so, yeah, arguably it's more of a or less of a choice when it comes to what's out there. Um, but 
I don't know about here. I don't know if you could have another player come back into the market. It, it doesn't seem like anything can really get between the Apple and Android ecosystems. And it would have to offer something totally different. I think the only one that might have a shot at this, there's talk of OpenAI working on some kind of device, some kind of phone, which is pretty simple in terms of design, because there wouldn't be much that it does other than just talk to you. You know, it would just be like a conversational but device. Even then, there's going to be an app in it, in either the Play Store or the App Store. Well, it grows so quickly, doesn't it? So it becomes this, you know, it starts off with this one simple aim, which, yes. okay, is fine. But then it grows because it realizes it can't just live like that. It has to, to expand. And to expand, you have to bring in income. And in order to bring in income, you've got to bring in a revenue source. And therefore, the apps stores so are difficult, bought. Though, right? And yeah. even Nokia are laying off thousands of workers, aren't they? I read in a news story recently. Yeah. I mean, you know, Nokia have been, I'm going to say, limping along for a while, but I thought they were yeah. pretty secure. But even Nokia have, are feeling the pinch. It's so difficult. Yeah, so you bring in a new operating system. And could a Windows phone work again? I mean, it's hard to know. And you obviously, you only know once you bring it out. But again, it has to be what it offers. I think there's maybe an argument around business and privacy, something that a lot of people lost when BlackBerry went away. Um, But the iPhone is, is very secure. Google is way more secure than it used to be. So it's hard to infiltrate that market. But um, maybe yeah. maybe that's it for maybe that's it. I mean, I don't think it was a suggestion. It certainly wasn't a suggestion from my reading that it was coming back. It, oh, more no. of a just a regret that it had gone away so soon. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I tend to agree. I think there could have been something there. You yeah. look how well the Mac integrates with the iPhone. I mean, that is a really nice system. The way those two devices work together, and I kind of I miss that. Of course, we do have the um, you know the phone link app for Windows, but as we both know. That's got a fair way to go to be really that useful. It's it's okay for messages and stuff, but I want more. And um, I think Windows could have done that, Windows Phone. Ah, well. Yeah, you, you kind of want the integrations the same way. I mean, you know, there's so many examples of that. But, of course, again, apps can do a lot of that, that work behind the scenes. So, you know, for example, if you wanted to, it, it, you know, you've got your Surface laptop and you've got your Android phone, you want to take a picture and you want to share it with your Surface Pro, you can do that. You know, maybe you want to take a picture of a receipt and, you know, have that saved. You could you could actually import it quite easily through your app into your, you know, device without well, even having to open up the laptop if you didn't want to. Yeah. So there's ways to do the, these things. You That's say the quite easily, but it's all about the ways that it, it does it. The iPhone just seems to handle that. Again, it's all about the design of the user interface. Apple have really, in most cases, got that down. And it just seems obvious of how to do things. I don't find that in other, I would say ad hoc, it seems like. They just seem, okay, you can get it to work, but it's a bit of a... That's right. You've got to do something else. Yeah. You've got to kind of go third party or you've got to integrate something. Yeah, I know. I know. I must admit, I mean, sitting down at my Mac every day and having my watch turn on the Mac is the coolest thing ever. Oh, turn on the Mac. Oh, yeah, well, well, you know, just, just log in. You know, it's oh, just yeah, like it's sitting there on yeah, log yeah, in yeah. screen. It just unlocks it for you. It just brings you in. Well, on the watch, have you updated to the very latest OS? Not yet. No, I have I have updated the phone and I have updated the Mac, but I haven't updated the watches yet. Oh, I haven't got mine on. Of course I haven't. No, it was on charge. Um, I'm having trouble sending messages. It doesn't read the message out anymore. I don't think it ever really did for me. I think it would just say, I'll send this. It would never read what it was actually sending. Really? Well, that's terrible. Surely. No, I'm sure. 
it would either give me the option, do you want to send this or change it? But it wouldn't read it out. But I would simply say, read. And then it would read it out. Ah, okay. But um, I'm not getting that option anymore. And I know there is a setting in there which says send messages immediately. And I assumed that's what was turned on. But uh, I don't think it is in this case. It just seems like a little... A little bit quirky. Is that a little hiccup, is it? A little a hiccup? A little bit. Well, I haven't investigated it enough, Stephen Scott, to put out a 100% confident <laughs> ruling it's on the this. the double tap way. Yes. Um, so let's <laughs> move noticed. on because we get lots and lots of your messages, lots and lots of emails. Email. Yes, we get, we get email. email. We get your email every day. Every day. Ding dong. There was a time on other places that we might have said that and it wasn't necessarily always 100% true, but here at Double Tab, it absolutely is. It is, Every yes. day, Multiple that email emails. box is binging its way through my day. Bing, 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 bing. It's like the uh, crazy frog. Is oh, here. that's very good. Thank oh, you, you are yeah, down yeah. with the youth. Well yeah, done. I certainly am. Yeah, there's a song from about, what, <laughs> 20 <laughs> years ago? <laughs> Uh, right, let's go to Greg, who has uh, comments regarding my um, interest in the iMac. Let's let's just put it that way. Hello, Stephen, Sean, and the Double Tappers. This is Greg from Phoenix, and I've just been listening to the last couple shows and laughing out loud as the two of you debated and or screamed at each other about the merits of an iMac. Stephen, I'm sorry. I'm definitely in the Sean camp here. For me, I think it would be absolutely worthless to have an iMac and use up all that real estate for a screen that I'll never use. I think it's cool that it's all built into one, but who cares? All built into one screen that I'm not going to use? Why do I want that? If I were to get a desktop, I'd go with a Mac Mini and go headless. I gotta tell you, I, I'm a person with RP, so like you, Sean, at least, and actually you too, Stephen, uh, I used to have a whole lot more usable site than I do now. Now I'm pretty much a full blind guy. And for years, I wanted the biggest monitor. Uh, if I got a laptop, I wanted the one with the uh, biggest display on the laptop as well. I just went and bought a new Windows laptop the other day, and I said, give me the most powerful thing you have, but I want the smallest screen that you have. I want it to be portable. I want it to be light and easy to use. The only time that screen is ever going to get used is when I need Citus assistance, and I'm sorry, I'm not paying for a big screen for somebody to use uh, in order to give me Citus assistance here and there. So that's me. Um, I was also thinking about, okay, well, what is it that I would want in an all-in-one unit? And my dream machine, I'm, I don't use Braille, so the the new device that Steven's so excited about is coming out. Uh, that one doesn't excite me as much. What I want is a keyboard with speakers uh, and, of course, the computer built into the keyboard uh, that has a battery. And I you know, want to just be able to run my, my PC from this machine, this all-in-one unit that's just a keyboard. I want it to have external ports for Ethernet and USB-C, USB-A, even an HDMI port in case I do need that site assistance. 
okay, I got all that, you know, bunch of ports, but it would just be a slightly thicker, not much thicker, but slightly thicker keyboard than a uh, normal desktop keyboard. I'd want the numpad because I like numpads. Um, and I'd just walk around with that and that would be ideal for me. Run a ARM-based computer in there running Windows. That'd be great. Uh, I hear Qualcomm is coming out with, or just came out with their new chips that are supposed to rival the M2. So you'd have great speed. Uh, hopefully it'd have the efficiency so we'd have great battery life. And uh, we could just use that. And that would be the perfect thing for me. And then if I did need Braille, I could attach a Braille display to that. Um, but I would just be using JAWS or NVDA or something. So that's my ideal all-in-one unit. iMac, definitely not. Keep up the great work. Love listening to you every day. You guys make me smile all the time. See ya. Ah, oh, Greg, you preach it, brother. I am with you. <laughs> a keyboard all-in-one. Why haven't we got one of these? I mean, has anyone checked AliExpress or Wish? Is that still a thing? There must be one of these out there. A computer built into a keyboard. It makes total sense to me. Yeah. So, like I was saying, uh, all-in-one, great idea. And uh, no, clearly, no. Greg 100% agrees with me. I think you missed the bit about the screen, about no, the 32-inch no. no, no. screen. No, 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 I had that. I had all that. I, all you, well, I heard, we, I'll tell you what I heard. I had complete contradiction on every single level from Greg. <laughs> Total contradiction. I what? want the smallest, biggest laptop I can find with a screen, which has a screen, by the way, that also makes it all in one. And uh, I don't want an iMac because no. it's got a screen, no. but even though it has everything in it, but that's what I want. I want everything all in one. He wants the smallest with... screen. I'm like, Hang on, this is just contradiction. No screen, preferably, but in a no, powerful. But, but, the, but the point I'm making is look, what you yeah, buy is up to you, right? But it is, what I'm yes. talking about, I'm talking yeah. about me. I'm, yeah. It's all about me. Yeah. And yeah. here's the thing I want to buy something which has a screen built in. Why? Now, I either buy a laptop. Or an all-in-one, and the closest I get with the all-in-one with a screen from Apple is an iMac. No, a Mac Mini's an all-in-one. Does it have a... Oh, did the Mac Minis have screens now? No. Yeah, so what, what's your point, caller? I don't understand. What, what, what's, <laughs> point what, is, is, what is confusing about this to people? Why is this confusing to you? So I want to have yeah. an all-in-one computer. Yeah. I want to have a screen because Why? I use it for... Sighted assistance for Ira, for whatever else. I don't want to have to attach another screen of another plug powering a cool. monitor for yeah. no purpose at all. Uh-huh. So why not just have an all-in-one? I don't understand what the confusion is here. Okay. And that's exactly what Greg's just bought. But he's bought it in a laptop shape. Yes. But actually, you've bought at the time, and, and I get the whole buy the tiniest Greg. laptop thing. Greg, what I don't I know. Look, look what I'm dealing with here, Greg. I mean, there's uh, well, what can you do? There's no getting through to some people. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, the, the main selling point of the iMac is the screen. The focus is on the screen and a big screen as well. 
If you can get away well, with the focus, using a the small... focus on selling anything with a screen is the screen. I mean, you buy a television, it's about the screen, right? Of but course for us, it's it about. Well, why yes. buy a TV then? You're, going to buy, you're not going to buy a TV ever again. No, well, I would rather have a TV which was just. Do you want to get rid of your television? Yes, well, if I could and just have a speakers which could pick up the uh, So your TV. family don't get to watch TV? Well, there you go. That's different because other people are exactly. using it. Exactly. <laughs> well, who's using your iMac, Stephen Scott? Who else is using your iMac? I use it nearly every day. Right, I have sight it. assistance when forget I need it. it. Forget it. I'm exhausted. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> uh, Gordon chimes in. Hello, Double Tappers. You certainly covered a lot of topics recently, so I thought I'd provide my views on a few things. As regards having a screen with your PC, I do think this is necessary. I hardly ever turn on my PC screen because I have no vision left at all, but when I need sighted assistance, the screen is essential. If I encounter an inaccessible or even just clunky website, I can start up TeamViewer, call Ira, and let the agent see the screen so they can connect and complete the task I'm struggling with. I'd always advocate having a screen. As regards the eternal PC versus Mac debate, I have both. I've used Windows for many years, but I do like the Mac for things like browsing the web. However, when it comes to productivity, either updating spreadsheets or writing long documents, I find the PC is much better. I've got JAWS set up just the way I like it to help improve productivity. Of course, everyone will have their own particular requirements, but for me, it's the Mac for convenience and web browsing and the PC for being productive. Finally, thanks very much for putting out the interviews regarding Soundscape community. It was very interesting. However, on the issue of having several similar apps, I disagree that it would be better to have one single app. We've often seen the danger of having all our hopes placed on a single app, which either doesn't keep up to date or which is suddenly removed. I'd much prefer to have a choice of apps so that I can switch if one starts misbehaving. For me, it's a bit like having more than one option when it comes to a PC screen reader. I use JAWS, but sometimes I need to start narrator when JAWS decides to go on strike for no very obvious reason. (laughs) Right, that's enough from me. Loving the show as always, and thanks to Laura for reading this. All the best, Gordon from Livingston in Scotland. Hmm. I, I agree. Now, I've been using Voice Vista a lot. And by the way, we should talk to the developer of Voice Vista as well to get everyone on board. Mm. But I find Voice Vista really interesting because it gives me the actual address of where I'm near as well, which I really like. Um, And it also gives me, uh, such as the bench is just behind you, I noticed this morning, Mm. which is really cool, right? But... I've also noticed that it doesn't always, it seems a little bit inconsistent in telling me I'm coming up to an intersection. Um, so I tend to have Soundscape, whichever version, and the Voice Vista running at the same time. And I get every bit of information I could possibly want. So I, I do see where you're coming from, but I do kind of worry. The Soundscape, Soundscape community and the Scottish Tech Army Soundscape, they do seem incredibly similar. At the moment. Now, we don't know what future development and add-on features are going to come, but I can't find a difference between them. And at the moment, when I ask um, Lady S to open Soundscape, it says, which one? Soundscape, Soundscape, or Soundscape? Because they are all the same. Even Voice Vista is is recognized (laughs) internally as Soundscape. Oh, wow. But um, I, I do get it. Is it really sustainable? Because they do seem to be doing the same job. Are they replicating each other? But at the same time, I do want to see the um, where it goes, where where the difference comes along. Because Voice Vista is intriguing. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's the early stage, right? We're, we're maybe a bit early in the day to start picking one and saying this is the one that should you know continue forever. But I do think in time that decision will be made by the community itself. I think apps will start to fall, and that's the bit that I worry about. I'd rather out the gate we say, look, let's just put all our energies into one brilliant app. All these different people who are developing this get together in one place. There's uh-huh. no money yeah. in it, it doesn't appear. So, you know, let's all get together. Let's work on this together. Let's create a brilliant app. Let's get other organizations and do what both the Scottish Tech Army and others within the Soundscape community app side want to do is actually engage with charities and organizations. Because I think this is sometimes the problem in our community. I find this is one of the biggest challenges we have is I think that we as a community don't talk very well as as one. And I'm not suggesting we ever will or should necessarily talk as one, one voice. voice. <laughs> well, the closest I think we get to this is the NFB, right? The, the NFB in the States does this, where they kind of get together, they, uh, you know, they agree on topics to discuss as a group, as uh, almost in a, a democratic approach. And I think that's, that's good true. because yeah. they can then take that forward. But I don't think we have anything like that on a wider scale or even outside of the US. So, you know, a lot of decisions uh, that blind people are making are actually being made by these organisations but more importantly, by blind people in these organizations, that's important to realize. I'm not against that. But the point is that it's all coming from one particular place in one particular part of the world. And that creates a problem for us. So we don't have the ability to sort of come back to these organizations and say, guys, you've got to come up with one single solution here. Because, you know, the issue for me is if you go and say the Soundscape community as an individual walks into a charity and says, we'd love you to support us on this wonderful journey we're on. We're creating this app. It's called Soundscape Community. It's really good. And then the next week, another person walks in and says, hello, I'm from Scottish Tech Army. We've created this app called Soundscape, and it's really good. And you should you know, invest in it, and you should help us with it. Yeah. It just completely confuses the issue. And suddenly the charity's saying, well, hang on a minute. Which one do we support? Where do we go here? So I, I don't like the idea of two or three or four or five or how many versions of this decide to show up. It might be okay for some people to just jump around. But, you know, if, if, that's, if that is honestly true, we wouldn't have mourned the loss of Soundscape itself because we would have agreed that, well, you know, the app came, the app went, that's the end of it. You know, we'll just find something else. I, and, of course, that's not true. That's not how people felt. One of my concerns about this, actually, I should have brought this up in the interview, is that... We're so excited about it being resurrected and we've got access to Soundscape again, which is obviously it's a fantastic thing and all props and love goes to the people that did that. I just worry that now it it just sort of stagnates a little bit. I want to see it mm. improved. I want to see that. I find the user interface of Soundscape slightly more cluttered than it need be. And I want to see improvements there. I want to see added functionality and features. So that's and how do we get that? Is, is that by working together because we are working from a, a pool of volunteers? I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, not- it's, it's when people do, I think it always comes back to this challenge when, and this, this is maybe aimed more at the Scottish Tech Army side, but I think when sighted people do things for blind people, that means that that's great and that's wonderful to some degree. But then eventually, like you say, that stagnates, and then those people go off and do something for someone else. Yeah, yeah, that's what? kind of what I mean. Yeah, and th- if you don't have blind people in the mix of all this, 
as in blind developers creating blind developers in the community. I mean, you know, I look at certain apps like Mona, for example, for Mastodon, and I don't know if the developer of that is blind or not, but my impression is that that person really engages with the community and actually takes some great enjoyment in it, and the community are part of that development, and therefore that app continually gets developed with new features. Yes. And I think that is a better model. That's the closest to perfect model. Ideally, the perfect model is the blind person develops it, the blind community supports it, and that's mm-hmm. it. You know, it just all rolls from there. Blind um, square. It, well, there you go. There yeah. you go. Perfect example. Yeah. That would be the ideal solution. But um, but we're not there with these apps. And um, I, I, I'm all for the app coming back, and I think it's great. I'd never, I'm never 100% keen on the we did this for blind people thing. Uh, that gets me a little bit sometimes because I think, uh, well, we could do it for ourselves, guys. I mean, you know, it's not impossible well, for us to... Well, could we? Is, are there well, you and I blind... couldn't know, but, <laughs> but I mean, there are people in our community who absolutely can and could have. Now, the True. fact they haven't is interesting. So I don't know. But look, it's, it's an interesting conversation, but, you know, sustainability in all these apps is, is always going to be a, a question. The more of them, I think the less sustainability there is. Yeah. Um, and on okay. your point about the screens, I 100% agree. You should have a screen, Gordon. Thank you for agreeing with me. Uh, so um, moving on. Unbelievable. It's like working one, with Trump. One... <laughs> Carry on. One more message on this from Lena, who uh, thinks I should buy an iMac. Hmm, she actually thinks I should. Hello, Stephen. I think listeners have been much too hard on you. Of course you should buy the iMac, the 24-inch one, unless they have a bigger one. You don't want those poor-sighted people snooping over your shoulder to get eye strain, do you? And as long as you're buying an iMac, why not the Apple Pencil? You could draw on your iPad and your iPhone for sure, and probably your iMac too, and you'd want to do that in style. So go. Spend your money. You can't take it with you. Thank you to Lena there. Calling us from San Quentin Jail, it would appear. Um... (laughs) Amazing, Lena. Thank you. Ah, yeah. I might, just to spite you. Are you taking that one, or are you you ignoring the sarcasm? I think that was was joshing. I think that was gentle (laughs) joshing from our lovely Lena. Uh, that is how I'm reading that. Um, yeah, look, I get it. I, I, I totally get the argument about, look, it's, you know, it's a ridiculously large screen to have. Look, I bought the studio display. I know how that ridiculous it is. no sense. I think you just got carried great, away by the well, saving. Look, I, I love that studio display. I, I don't care about the monitor. I love the fact that it's got such amazing speakers. It's got the great webcam, which has been updated recently. <laughs> It's also got good mics in it. I can use it for my work downstairs when I'm sitting downstairs out of the office. It's great. I love it. Hang on. What, 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 what? You're going to take the display with you? No, I know. I put it downstairs. Office. I have it out. I have it downstairs. What, because the monitor? My, when my wife and I work from home, yes. she will use the monitor. And then when I'm working from downstairs, because I work from home all the time, then I'll just sit down there and work. I just plug in my MacBook and away I go. So what you've bought there is a very, very expensive pair of speakers, a microphone, and a webcam. Yes, but aesthetically far more pleasing. Oh, about 8 right. Million it's all cables. About, oh, right. Of course. Yeah, it's all about a that set of Johnny Ives Honestly, here. honestly yes. that's kind of it. Honestly, it's one cable to the plug, and that's it. 
I don't have 8 million cables sitting in the living room. Are you telling me your lovely Sarah would be happy with that whole PC setup sitting in the living room? I'm sat in a garden shed right now. Of course she wouldn't. No. Exactly. Okay. Why, Why don't you just airplay out to a speaker in your living room? Bluetooth keyboard, you're done. Um, How often do you use a webcam? I use a webcam every day. Are you kidding me? I'm never off Teams meetings. Okay. All right. And apparently sighted people like to look at other people's faces. Disgusting. I'm against it. 100% against it. Stop looking at my face. But there you go. And that's my... (laughs) I, I honestly, I feel like I've suddenly become become the uh, ambassador for IMAX all of a sudden, and I'm not. I just, I kind of like this style. Yourself. Justify yourself. Justify. Um, <laughs> <laughs> listen, stick around. We really need to take a break. I'm getting the, uh, the evils at the moment. So uh, if you think Halloween's scary. Uh, right, stick around. This is Double Tap. Call the Double Tappers now, 1-877-803-4567, or email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. So you're not going to be here on the uh, iMac show tomorrow, as we're calling it. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, yes, of course I will. I'm just, I will catch up, Stephen Scott. All right, there. I'm saying I don't have to watch it live, surely. Is that a, a, a requisite for entry into the show? It, it does help, you know, it does, it, well, not the live part, but it does help if you've watched the event, you know, as opposed to just looking at a couple of tweets that say, oh, look, it's an iMac and who cares? Why? What's the difference? Oh, no, Apple wait a minute. That's exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly. I could record your answer right now and play it in. Oh, it's an iMac. Oh, whatever. It's got a screen. I'm not buying it. Mm, well, uh, calm down, to be honest. You're probably <laughs> right. Uh, uh, there is nothing, as I mentioned earlier, I'm... I'm not really in the market for any of this, uh, any Mac computer. So is um, is Mickey B coming on? I don't know. Well, look, let's see how the evening goes. Because bear in mind, it's midnight, so we'll be... Uh, You'll all be tired. I, I, well, do you know, I think I may go for a sleep. Once I've come back from the Apple store, taking all my toys back. Um, Hang on. Are you, are you taking everything to the Apple store? Not everything. I mean, honestly, I'd take the studio display if they would take it. But I, you can't trade that in, to my understanding. I don't think really? you can trade that in. Yeah. Even Apple mind. don't Even they don't want it back. They're like, nah, you can keep it. It's all right. You just have it. No we'll thanks. pay you to have it. You keep it. Okay. All right. So you, you will have a... Com- what I'm trying to say is you will have a computer... Oh, tomorrow. yes, I will be able to function, right. yes. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah. Cool. Because, cool. because ironically, my Mac Mini is what I'm running off of, everything off of right now. So, you it's know, great. for all this iMac talk, it's, <laughs> do, do you know, I'll tell you a little, a little insider info into the TV show. So behind me on my left side, if you're watching the TV show, you, and if you're blind, you won't see this, but on the TV, uh, you'll actually see my iMac which is now basically an ornament over there in that corner. Uh, over there. It's, it's the actually background. turned on. No, it- there's no connection at all. In fact, it's the ultimate computer. It's wireless. <laughs> it <laughs> no does power. nothing. No power in it whatsoever. Uh, so, yeah, it just sits there. But, um, I won't anyway. argue with that. It's a very nice ornament. It's a beautiful ornament. It is yes. absolutely beautiful. Um, although I am kind of itching to get it traded in so I can get something else. But anyway, that's another story for another day. Uh, let's move on. Maybe I'll put my studio display there. That would give it some function ah, as well. There ah, you go. See, that could work. Yeah, Worth there it. You go. Worth there every you go. penny. Worth every single penny. <laughs> uh, right, Felix got in touch regarding the new Outlook. So, uh, Outlook, um, I won't be updating because a web wrapping thing scares me, uh, only because I'm not... 
I, I, I can guarantee the shortcuts I use in Outlook as it stands, that is control wire to jump, to bring in up a tree view and then um, going from folder to folder is not going to be available on the web aspect. If I have a links list, uh, similar to what I would use online, great. But if I don't have that either, it's going to be a bit of a problem if I want to jump from folder to folder really, really quickly. Or if I want to uh, do, do stuff like signatures and stuff like that, which I need to for my other work that I do do. So that's going to be, that's why I won't be upgrading. Now, Teams very, very quickly then. The new Teams, um, they've, they've changed the shortcut. Uh, the, the there's a shortcut if you're not sure of what you're uh, looking for or what it's going to be called, what you're looking for. Let's say you want to go to a chat or you want to make a call. You can press Control and I believe forward slash. Um, the one with the question mark on it. <laughs> and uh, if you press that, it brings up a whole entire list. And that has stuff like call, um, set your status, way busy and so on, um, uh, or search for people, um, your contact and stuff like that. It, it, it will jump um, specifically to that, to, that, that, to that area. In the new teams, that list has been shortened dramatically. Half the stuff you would expect to be in there, like call, is no longer in there. So um, that's something to look out for in the new teams. I don't know why they've done that, but that is a, is really a problem. Now, short, uh, shortcut again for those of you who have not upgraded or have upgraded is still Control and forward slash on the keyboard. Right, thanks, thanks a lot, guys, and I will talk to you guys soon. Have a good day. Thank you, Felix. Appreciate that. Yeah, don't upgrade to the new Outlook if you want any way, some kind of usable experience that gets whoa, you whoa, emails whoa. or gets you through your emails within you know the next decade. Unbelievable. Okay, all right. We will see. I, I'm just slightly nervous about saying, oh, this is all terrible. It's different. There may be an absolutely accessible keyboard shortcut on there that will jump you through your inbox list, your folder list, like Control-Y. I totally understand because I am so used to, you know, it's, it's muscle memory keyboard shortcuts right now. But, uh, look, Felix isn't saying this, but you kind of are. That yes. it's, it's, a, it's an absolute mess. I haven't delved into it yet. Have you? I got uh, right. as far as switching it on. I long enough. Tabbed around, got completely lost. Couldn't yes. F six back and forward, which is the magic Microsoft key for navigation. Couldn't move around right. the screen very easily. Realised, of course, I'm inside this web thing, so now yes. I have to figure out what my. Even tried regions, couldn't figure out what region was what, what it was for uh-huh. yeah i mean look it's probably one of those things like you say we'll get used to but if you what i'm saying is and i stand by this if you are needing to be functional now is not the time to be making the switch i think it's one of those things that's going to have to happen you know we're going to have to have some kind of tutorial or walkthrough first before we can make the decision whether or not it's right to make the switch it's just i think it's very i'm almost urging complete caution on this you know, it's don't don't like just switch update. over. Well, it, yeah, it's, it's, exactly. It, this is, but it, well, it's actually more than that because you've completely changed the OS in that sense. That's true. Yeah. So you know, it, it, my point is that if you require Outlook to be functional, if you get an email that you know, for example, maybe you're self-employed and you, you know, that email's really important that you get that email on Monday, then do not change Outlook yet. I'm not saying it's it's going to be forever terrible. I'm not saying it's entirely unusable forever. I'm sure there will be an accessible way of using it. We just have to figure out what that is. But 
we're going to have to spend some time figuring this out. And I think it's it's on Microsoft to come up with the answer to this because they've changed this. It's their app. So they may well have done. Let's be fair. I haven't Googled the new Outlook and accessibility because funnily enough, if you you do that, there's uh, quite a few articles which will give you a table of all keyboard shortcuts for... Outlook, for example, the the uh, classic Outlook, as we're now calling it, or many other things. It's it's. But how uh, will JAWS interact with that? How will NVDA interact with all that? Will it will it work the same? I imagine Freedom Scientific will come out with tutorials and, and walkthroughs, but of course yeah. that will take some time to put together. I know that in our conversations with uh, Vespero, they're generally on top of these update changes. But bear in mind, this is not really an update. This is an optional choose your layout type it's thing. It's a new app, basically. It's, it, it, is, it is, but you can choose to go back as well. So if you and that's the good thing about it. If you do make the switch and you've you know, as we have as we've been talking, you've hit the button and thought, ah, let's try it and then the ah, what on earth? Then you can get back. That's the good news. Yes. So you know that makes me more nervous than anything though. It's like, yes, okay, I can get back, but is everything gonna be as it was when I left it? Oh it was. Yeah, it certainly was. There was no change okay. at all when well, you switched that's back. That's one thing. So you can have a little Little look around, but that Felix the control and question mark shortcut is very good and very useful as well. And that is kind of you I'm gonna say universal because you can use that in a lot of places and it will bring up a list of keyboard shortcuts. I tell you what I'll do. This week I'll I'll do a bit of a deep dive into this and see if I can find out more information about how this is actually usable on the PC side, obviously we're talking here. So, you know, new outlook. How does it function? How does it work? And then what I'll do is I'll send you the information. And you can do a demo. Well, see, I was the trouble I have with email is that I'm I'm not that power user of email. I start Outlook, I hit Control Y, and I look in my inbox. I hit Enter or Control R. That's as far as it goes. And I know there's so much more to well, at least Outlook than that. So I would be worried that I'm missing something missing something this is my excuse shut up i would be worried that i'm missing a feature that a lot of people power users need or want to I think, use i think most people just start up and down an inbox to be perfectly honest i think that's what most people are doing with it yeah and of course there's calendar and there's to do's and there's contacts in there but you know I, I think most people are doing that they may set up maybe go for as far as setting up a i don't know maybe an email list or you know yeah, rules for setting up meetings email. for teams, or you know, perhaps maybe they're setting up calendar events and you know, recurrences and those kind of yeah, okay, maybe that gets a bit more deeper into it. But this isn't the point, right? If you do all that stuff, making that change to Outlook, the new Outlook, will be detrimental to that experience because you will slow the, you down. Well, not will, because oh, if it you, will slow you down. Yes. If you have no idea where you're going, it you will take longer to get there. No, that's true. So yeah, no, that's absolutely. my point. Yes. Uh, right, let's move on because I want to get a couple more messages in. Uh, Rebecca Skipper got in touch. I love Double Tap's format, honesty and humour. This is one of my top three podcasts and it makes the number one spot. Stephen, thanks for taking Yay. the time to acknowledge the challenges blind women may face when travelling. I hate feeling vulnerable when travelling alone, but I will not let my fears and the ignorance of the public prevent me from living my life. There are ways we can stay in touch with family and friends to let them know we are safe, and we can use the same services as sighted individuals, including Uber's Share a Trip option and the check-in options on Android and iOS. I would like to share my experiences with the Orbit Reader 20 Plus and 40. I love the signage quality mm. braille, and these devices are ideal for reading. However, I've had to send both devices in for repairs more than once, and if you're not careful, you can damage the unit if you install the wrong firmware. 
Yes, this happened to me and I consider myself to be an intermediate computer user. I know just enough to get myself into serious trouble. <laughs> Orbit Reader's customer service is outstanding though. I prefer to use my Chameleon 20 on the go because I haven't had pin issues. Please keep in mind though that some users of the latest Focus Braille displays are having pin issues. One of the factors users should consider when owning a Braille display are maintenance and repair costs. I haven't updated to iOS 17 because of the serious bugs reported by AppleViz, though 17.1 sounds promising, so I'll update. My disappointment with Apple over the latest iOS bugs prompted me to buy the Pixel 8. I see a lot of potential with Android, but I'm not ready to give up the iPhone. I'm having trouble using Face ID and the fingerprint sensor on the Pixel 8. Have you been able to use either option reliably? Or if so, how? I'm having a hard time finding accessible apps as well on Android. I like accessible Android's list of apps, but I find there are more resources for iOS. I recommend Hadley's training on Android, specifically the Listen with Talkback series. It's too early to say whether or not the Android phone was worth going into debt for since I've had the phone for less than a month, but I can say that it is a viable option, particularly if you are a Windows user. The ability to search for apps in your Chrome browser and have them installed on your phone is great. I can't wait to use my Orbit Reader with the latest Android OS. I can't wait to use the split Braille feature in JAWS 2024 as well. I love your show, as always. Thanks. Oh, mm. Thank you, Rebecca. Very kind. Um, and lots and lots in there. Um, I don't know where to start, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think good points about the Orbit and the Focus, and I think you're making a really good point around maintenance of these devices. We do have to take responsibility for them. Uh, so you're know, knocking them about, not cleaning them appropriately. I mean, there are care instructions. I mean, you know, there's always care instructions whenever you buy something, right? But there are a lot of details and stuff in there in the instructions when you buy these products. So that's good to think about. Do you think people really knock them about a lot? I mean, oh, I know, I, I mean, I, so oh, I know, expensive. I used to. Yeah, I know, but even so, I mean, you know, if, if it's a portable one, especially, you're going to be taking it around all the time. Um, I mean, I remember I, I told you that story about taking it through the airport and. Um, you know, them kind of like, what on earth is this thing? Yes, yes. And, you know, they were kind of shaking it and, you know, like, what is this? And I'm like, yeah, please don't do that. It's really expensive, you know. And they don't care, you know. So, you know, there's a lot, I'm not saying that's that was one example, right? But the, the, there have been other times. And, of course, if it's in my bag, it's getting knocked around a lot. So, yeah, you know, I think we just have to be maybe mindful of it. But then that's the case with everything. It's because it's mechanical with moving parts the way it is. Um, we we don't think the same way about our phones because they're solid state, right? So we don't even think about that really anymore. True. You drop your phone, you think, well, as long as it's, the screen survived, it's fine. Yeah, that is true. Very true. I will say as well, 17.1 AppleViz do have a now a list of voiceover fixes that have been introduced in, um, and also bugs that have been introduced yeah, of course. in 17.1. And there, do, there does seem to be a large amount of um, fixes in there. I haven't experienced any problems at all, really, I don't think, with this. So, um, yeah, maybe worth trying now. We're at the point one release. You know, the Android question, it's a perennial one, isn't it? Um, it's still, in, in some ways, I think, you know, there's two ways to, I think we, sh we should look at it perhaps going forward in two ways. So you have the Android itself, which is certainly matured greatly in the last five, maybe 10 years. It, it's oh, matured and it's, it's improved. Accessibility to the same extent, I think. Um, I'm not really interested in the what's one's better or one's, you know, I, I think, again, that's very individual and it's very much dependent on your use case and where you've come from. I think if you come from an iPhone to an Android, the experience will always feel different. And I would imagine the same would be from Android to iPhone. 
because immediately you're going to notice things that don't feel right or feel that they're missing. Or, you know, in some cases, actually, with the Android, I feel there's things I have on Android that I kind of like on the iPhone. Like, oh, that's that? Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. You know, but I don't have that on the iPhone. It, it goes both ways, right? But I think that in terms of resource and in terms of the numbers of people who are blind using it, it's a lot less than the number of people who are who have decided to go on the iPhone route. And that, therefore, in turn creates less resource, less people to go to, less... Uh, experience on certain apps and you know less less of a community but not less people well le- not less of a community in terms of it overall but actually less people within the community is what i mean yes it's not as large the quality yeah. i mean you know the blind android users they do a fantastic job i'm really interested in the hadley um talkback and, and that's i was going to say that you know we, we, we've often thought about you know when maybe we talk a little bit more about android here on double tap but the truth is that neither of us use it uh, not in any meaningful daily way, and so I would feel a little bit. Yeah, no, it I, wouldn't I feel agree. right for yeah. me to to bring this up and talk about it in any kind of like serious way. But equally, there are fantastic podcast resources out there, and those resources from places like Hadley that you can go to and you can get people who are actually using this stuff every day. And I think I'd rather hear from them than than sort of some cobbled together nonsense from me. Oh well. Welcome to the show. Welcome okay. to Double Tap. Uh, we just do that with everything else. So, no, I mean, it's and, you know, it's I, and it's not that we've become the Apple show, because I, I think some people think we've become the Apple show. And I don't think we have. I know we do talk about Apple a lot, but I think we just, we're, we're just the not Android show. I think that's as simple as the way I can put it. We're just the not Android show, because we don't use it. We use Windows. We use Mac. We use iPhone. So that's what we talk about. Well, when we, yeah, when it comes down to what we actually use and what we feel confident in. Yeah. I'd rather talk about things I know about. You know, I know that's unusual these days for people to do that, but I think I'd rather talk about things that I actually know about. It's kind of the same thing for me with with Braille displays. I I just, I don't use them, so I feel slightly uncomfortable talking about them. But, Mm. um, you know, you can still have a discussion about other things, but when it comes down to specifics, yes, not really my place. No, well, well, for me anyway, with the whole Braille display conversation, it's, it's a journey of discovery. I'm not putting out there, and please don't. No one ever think I'm in any way an expert or, or you know even a beginner, uh, appropriately named, you know, uh, <laughs> in this field because I'm just not. You know, yeah, I, but I you feel, are actually using them. I am using the it, but I, I feel I, I still feel that there's a locked door that I just cannot get into because there's a knowledge base that just isn't available to me, or I just don't understand where to get access to it. Because um, I feel yeah. these devices. They, they don't come with an instruction manual that's written for someone who's never used a Braille display. They're written for people who've used Braille displays their whole lives. And I think that's a, that's a big error. And maybe that's, maybe that's part of the issue that maybe puts people up. Maybe that's it. Maybe there's a lot of people put off by that. Because I remember the first time I touched a Braille display or turned one on, and I got it. I got the logic behind the, the layout of it and all the rest, although the keys were a bit weird. You know, there's keys at the bottom that sit below the... The actual display, I'm like, okay, so hang on, that does what? And panning cursor is for what? And panning, and yeah. That moves the cursor, but does it move the cursor on the screen or does it move the cursor on the... I was confused as to what on earth was relating to what. Mm. And it just felt like there was a lot of assumed knowledge before I even began. And then all these things started appearing on the screen and I'm like, you know, do I really have to go on a computer course to learn this? And no one's ever answered that question to me. No one's ever said... Yes, you do. Yeah, you should. <laughs> 
And maybe I do. I don't know. And I would do it. Honestly, I would do it because I feel it's like there's there's a whole other world here I just don't quite understand. And well, um, that's not good of, for beginners. Kind of a difference between taking Braille lessons and taking Braille display lessons, if you know what I mean. It's, it's yeah. a difference, I right? Think, I, think, I think, you know what, if I was... If, if if I was starting again, as in like you know the world, um, then it was obviously a big task. I'd, I'd have a lot to do. I think it'd be very wow. busy, but I'd also include. Well, that's a, that's quite a step, isn't it? I'm going to redesign the entire planet, and Messiah I'm going to make complex. sure, and I'm going to make sure that there's a braille <laughs> display course amongst it as well. Well done. There you go. Uh, like, listen, we're out of time. Thank goodness. Uh, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. We're staying up late tonight. Well, I am for the Apple event. I'm Catch not. you tomorrow with all the reaction. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hadjar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.